happy that you are all with us. I know there are actually more people outside. They're just making their way in. Um, we're going to stand and we're going to start to sing. We're so happy you're here. Okay. When you are. Hi, Elsie. <laughs> good? Yeah, we're good. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Cause it's you who gives me strength.
going to take a quick 10-minute uh, breakfast break. At this point, you probably want a little bit of air. Um, so you guys can head right outside, and we will be back here in 10 minutes.
Just that I want this so bad Now these thoughts and an all up in this track I'll give it all I have Signing off, I wave my flag to you Whoa. I'm all in, no going back Give me all your love, just let it flow Roots deep into my heart, I'll let you grow Don't care who sees, I'm set to glow We're set for go, no threat with folk This jet is go, tell the check for dope Wanna get to know you
We are good to start. Hello to the masses that are outside. Okay, I'm just kidding. We're just going to start. So maybe we'll clap and people will come in, okay? So can we clap for everyone who... I know, I know. Everyone, uh, everyone wants breakfast. That's good. That's good. Um, I, I have to give a special thanks to, to everyone who served at the movie night. Uh, it was just a really great, successful night. Uh, you know, tons of people came out. The community was blessed, I believe. And uh, it was just, yeah, it was a really good turnout. Everything worked. The screen didn't fall over or anything, which is always a concern. And uh, it was just uh, really, really, really good. Um, and just up front, if, uh, I don't know, if there's grade five, six, seven, eights, they might be all outside too. But you guys are dismissed uh, to go to Junior Youth. Have a great, great time there, guys. Um, and we can get, we can just get started here. Um, so my, my son Noah, he is three years old, okay, so it's always an adventure, and he joined soccer this summer, which is like the cutest little thing you've ever seen, right, yeah, and uh, uh, he's got his nice little, you know, mini team, two and three year olds, and his coach is a guy named Anthony, he's, he kind of seems overwhelmed 95% of the time with, uh, you know, little kids running circles around him stuff, and uh, the other week, I go to Noah and I say, hey, Noah, are we going to soccer? And he says, yeah, dad, yeah. I say, are you going to score, Noah? He says, yeah. I'm like, are you going to do drills? He's like, yeah. I'm like, are you going to listen to Coach Anthony? He says, no, not really. <laughs> no, not really. And you got to just love the honesty of a kid, right? Just, to, just straight up, oh, yeah, I'm going to score, I'm going to play. No, I'm not going to listen to the coach. No, not at all. Um, and uh, I, I love how they played their first ever game just the other week. 
you know, and, and we've been waiting for this. It's been six grueling weeks of just drills, and it's kind of like, when is the game coming? Come on, and the game finally comes, and, uh, you know, the coach has the ball. There's two teams. He says, three, two, one, go, drops the ball, and cricket, cricket, the two, the, the two teams... They're just staring, you know, as nice, polite Canadians. They're just kind of looking. And all the parents are like, get the ball, get the ball, you know. And the kids are just kind of looking at you all, picking their nose, kind of whatever. And then the one kid that understands the concept of soccer scored like ten times in a row. (laughs) You know what I mean? And everyone else is just so polite, just like, oh, that boy has the ball. That's so nice. It's like, no, go get it. You know, it's just, it was uh, it was a, a fun time. It, it, I love watching it. If, if you need a good Saturday morning activity, go watch a two- and three-year-old play soccer. It's awesome. It's really good. Um, but that kind of br- brings us to our series that we're doing this summer. It's called The Biblical Story Arc. And basically what it is is we're going through the key stories, the key narrative to the scripture of, of what makes the whole big picture of the Bible. And I think sometimes we know the individual stories, but we don't always know how they fully connect into one big story. And I remember the moment when I kind of realized, oh, that's how it all connects. You know, kind of like a little kid, oh, you're supposed to put the ball in the net. Okay. Like kind of that, that connect moment. And uh, I'm praying by the end of this summer that we're going to be really encouraged and really kind of um, fully understand, just a, a little clearer at least, oh, this is the whole story. This is how the individual story fit into the big story. And and uh, if you're new here, if you've been coming since the beginning, I'm really believing we're all going to get something out of today. Uh, it's something that we all go through, what we're talking about today. Uh, so let's get right to it. So I'll, I'll give you a quick recap of the first week. We talked about how uh, at the very beginning, God created everything. God created the world. He created people. And Adam and Eve, the first humans, they literally had everything. They had heaven on earth. And we call this the Garden of Eden in, in the Old Testament. And, and the scriptures tells us that the devil comes and he convinces them, he fools them, he tricks them into sinning. And into to going against God's will and doing their own thing instead of what God wants. And the scriptures tells us that at that point, sin entered the world. Sin entered their heart. And, and, and humanity was at that point corrupted by sin. And, and he sent them out of Eden because God loved them too much, actually. He was not going to let his people live for the rest of eternity with this corruption, with this sin that's impacted their life. So he sends them out of the Eden, but uh, out of the garden. And he makes this promise, though, that one day he is going to make it right. Someone will be born that's going to defeat evil once and for all. But until that day came, struggle was on the way. Who loves that part, right? Fun, 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 you know, struggle. And, and that brings us to today. Um, as, as time goes, people are struggling. People are wishing they could be close with God, but there's just this disconnect now with humanity and God, just we're corrupted people. Our default is sin. We make wrong choices. Uh, and, 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 you know, that we're, we're all in the same boat here. And they're wishing they could be close with God. And out of kind of this desolate time, this tough time of struggling, God speaks. God enters. He comes in. And there's this man named Abram, and God speaks to this man. We don't know how, if it was, you know, deep thundering voice or, you know, if it was a whisper in his heart or why. We don't know the details, but all it says is he speaks. And it says this in Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. He makes his promise. I will make you into a great nation. And, um, and I will make your name great. I will bless you. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord told him. 
And you got to understand, in these days, that was life's purpose. You know what I mean? To get a big family, to get your name to carry on to the next generation, that was a dream. So the fact that God has promised Abram, hey, guess what? I'm going to make your family so big that eventually you guys are going to be a country. You guys are going to be a nation. You don't understand. This is like the dream of all dreams for this guy named Abram. Life is good, but there's curveball, right? So him and his wife, they actually can't have kids yet. So it's kind of the thing like, God, is this some kind of sick joke? You're promising me that we're going to have these kids and, and they're going to grow and there's going to be a family. But we can't even have kids? Are you serious? And it goes on to, to the next part. Um, it says in Genesis, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what, what can you give me since I remain childless? And Abram said, you are giving me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. The word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside, and he showed him the stars, and he said, no, 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 I did, I, the promise I made to you, I'm going to keep it. And specifically through your son, that I'm, I'm going to give you a son, and through him, the country will come. The family will grow so big. And, and it's kind of this beautiful promise. And God doubles down on his promise, right? No, no, no. I'm going to do it. Don't you worry about that. And, and the scripture says that Abram believed him. Abram was like, truly, it wasn't this, okay, well, I hope you're right, but we'll see. It's like, no, okay, oh, wow, I'm actually expecting it. I actually believe you. I actually have the faith for this. And, and shortly after this, God gives Abram a brand new name. He, he names him Abraham instead of Abram. And, and you see this multiple times in the scripture when someone encounters God and God changes their life, God gives them a brand new name. And it's kind of representative of you're actually a new person now. You're actually a different person now because of what God's done to you. Um, and and so, so look what happens. God fulfills the promise in Genesis 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised and this little baby named Isaac is born this is kind of this beautiful picture of wow God made a promise he did the impossible this is so beautiful this is great and the whole promise is hinged on this son this son that will be born the whole thing is based on this son and that's where this final part of the story is so confusing when this part comes and this isn't easy to talk about and it's kind of weird and you know in 2019 we look at this like this is really weird but it happened. So we're going to go through it. In Genesis 22, it says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. And then this is where things get, whoa, what's going on here? He says, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. God, 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 you made a promise to Abraham, and then you doubled down on the promise, and the whole thing hinged on this son being alive to actually fulfill the promise and carry it out. So why on earth are you asking to go give this son up? Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, and human sacrifice, this is gross, this is wrong. What, what on earth is going on here, God? But remember, it says it was a test. God tested Abraham. Did you know sometimes we are tested in life? I wish that wasn't true, but that's what happens sometimes. It's a fact. God will sometimes allow or put us through tests. And I'll explain why this is important in a minute, but look what happens. In Genesis 22, it says, On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. 
He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he, he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. So, so the wood goes on Isaac's shoulders as he's walking up the hill. And his father has the other supplies as they're walking up the hill. And he says this, father, I am here. Yes, my son. The fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham says, God will provide. And the two of them went on together. So in like, it's kind of this, this really, like this, would, like this would make a powerful movie, right? This is like a powerful scene here. It's like, what, what is going on? And I, I've tried to imagine this scene. I've tried to put myself in the story, like, okay, with me and my son. Could I, put, could I have the mindset of Abraham? I couldn't. I've tried. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. And I, I, I'm thinking, he's actually going for it. He's actually going to go and give up his son because God told him to. Like, wow, what, what's going on here? And, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of hope, okay? I'll give you a little bit of hope with Abraham here. We find out later that Abraham really believed. When God said, I have this promise for you, I'm doubling down on it, and Isaac is the key. Your son is the key here. Abraham actually really believed him. So he actually believed he was going to give up his son, but that God would miraculously bring his son back and the promise would fulfill. That's what Abraham actually believed. And he's, he's going, he believes that God's going to keep his promise one way or another. And he's just going to lose his son temporarily. Temporarily. That's what he believes. And look what happens. Don't worry. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Okay, look what happens. Um, in 22, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took out the knife to slay his son. So here's the climax of the story, right? But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. Now I know that you respect God. Now I know that you take me fully seriously, more than your own life, right? Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And, and this is encouraging. God doesn't actually want this to happen, okay? Uh, and it actually is interesting at this point in history, this actually points out Abraham's God. This sets God apart from every other kind of religion or God because pretty much every other religion at that part of the world at the time always demanded human sacrifices. You would always have to bring, it's just some tragic, tragic stuff, right? But that's not what this God wanted. This God who showed up, this God who's speaking, this is different than anyone else. This is different than what anyone else has heard about. And this was a test. This was a test. And look at the results of the test just before we dive in how it, it, it applies to us. Um, God triples down on his promise. And he, he, he adds a little bit of detail, a little bit of color to the promise. And in Genesis twenty-two fifteen, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself. Imagine being so awesome and great. You, you don't swear by the church or this grave or that. You swear by yourself. It's like there's nothing else to swear, right? I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And look, look, look. And through your offspring, all nations on earth, will be blessed because you have obeyed me. There's a little bit of a color, color added to, to the promise, right? Abraham, not only will your family grow so big that it becomes a nation, but look, someone is going to be born into that family. Someone is going to be born into that nation that is going to change 
the world. It's going to bless the whole world. And, and, and what this promises to Abraham is actually a continuation of the original promise in Genesis chapter 1, right? Or, or Genesis chapter 3 from the very beginning. God promised, don't worry, Adam and Eve. I'm going to send someone from the human race that's going to defeat evil. And you're going to win you back. There, I'm going to send someone. Don't, don't worry. And it gets a little more specific here. Okay, I'm going to send someone from the human race, specifically from Abraham's family, specifically from the country that this family is becoming. And this story gives us a sober but a hopeful reminder in life. We will be tested in life. We will be tested in life. God will put and he will allow moments in our life where our faith gets tested, where we feel a little bit of fire, where, where the words that we say, yes, I have faith, with my words I have faith, where that's no longer enough. It's actually going to take a little bit of action. You know, Abraham could have said, oh, yeah, I believe God for sure, for sure. It's like, okay, let's prove it now. Do you actually follow Jesus? Do you actually follow God? Do you actually have faith in God? You know, when, when we're new in our faith, maybe this looks like, uh, you know, at, at first it's easy. Yeah, I have, I have faith in God. I believe in God. Until that moment comes when a friend or a family member says, pulls you aside and says, okay, hey, I know you're getting into this serious thing and all, the whole God thing and the whole Jesus but, like, you you got you to gotta tone it down a bit. I, I want you to stop going so often, and I want you to, you know, like, you're actually doing this, like, for real? Are you serious? What's going on here? You know what that is? It's a test. It's a test in that moment. When, when the moment comes when, when you follow God, maybe your whole life, and certain things happen, and you just feel like giving up because it's like, are you serious, God? I thought this was a promise that I had from you, and it hasn't happened yet, and this kind of thing. That's a test, Right? When, when we keep believing, even when it's hard, when God asks us to give something up, and it's like, there's no way I could give that up, God. There's no way, there's no way. And you just feel it. You just know it without a doubt. Someone's confirming it in your life. It's like, yeah, I'm supposed to give that up. It's like, ah, oh, but I can't. Yes, you can. It's a test. It's a test. Maybe it's, you know, not giving something up. Maybe it's, we have to go start doing something. And it's like, God, I could never do that. Do you know how much that will cost me? Do you know uh, how hard that will be? There, there's no way I can do that. Yes, we can. It's a test, right? And why does God test us? Why does God allow these moments where our faith gets squeezed a little bit, where we get stressed a little bit? Why does God allow these moments? Why did God test Abraham? When we go through tests, he is preparing us for what is coming. He's preparing us for what is next. Why did God test Abraham? Because he was ready to make Abraham's family into a nation. He was ready to take Abraham, that, that promise. He was ready to fulfill it, but he was going to test him. He was ready to be tested. Um, and he wanted to make sure that Abraham was ready for it. He wanted to make sure that Abraham was ready for it. And, and we talk about this all the time, but I just got to encourage you. I just want to remind you, you have a calling in your life. You have a calling on your life that you, you are not here by accident. You've got a specific purpose, specific reason why you're here. And, and, and from what we see in Scripture, just with different people, it almost looks like there's different stages to our callings in life. You know what I mean? And, and if God gave us our calling 100% up front, it would, it would squish us. It would crush us. We couldn't handle it. But if by little by little... He shows us a little bit more of our calling. Oh, right, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is how much it costs. Ooh, can I do this? God tests us. All right, okay, we've been tested. We can, we can have a little bit more of that calling revealed to us. Okay, maybe this is what it is. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get tested. We'll go through that, the struggle of that. Okay, 
I feel like we can go a, a, a little further. Little by little, we get tested. And we endure the test. And God gives us a little bit more. And it's this cycle that goes on and on, this progression. And God testing us is essentially us living out our calling and moving on to those next stages. It, it, it reminds me of Abraham's great-grandson, a guy named Joseph. He had a calling in life. God had a plan for him to rule an entire nation. Wow, right? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that's none of us here. I mean, you never know. Maybe we're into politics, whatever. But this is the call on this guy's life, on this kid's life, Joseph. But look, if he had that up front, it would, it would crush him. It would kill him. There's no way he could do it. First, he had to learn to run a household, you know? And there was, it was a test. He passed that test. Then he, he learned to run the whole palace jail. You know, things get a little more complicated. That, that, that's a test. He, his life was a series of tests. Okay, yeah, I'm, God was testing him. Okay, you can move on to the next thing. Okay, testing. Okay, very good. Moving a little bit more and more further down what God was calling him to be, right? And, and, and Jesus tells a story of, uh, he, he tells a parable of someone who was given just a little bit, and, and they were good with what they, they were faithful with, with the little bit that they had. And God goes to them and says, you've been faithful with what you've had. I'm going to give you a little bit more now. And again, there's this progression of, you know, we're faithful with a little bit. God gives us a little more. We're, it's a series of tests. We're being tested. You have a calling in life to do great things. I'm telling you, every single one of you, okay, every single one of you, we need to break this mindset, and I feel like we're pretty good at it here, but we need to break this mindset that the pastor is somehow special, that it's, oh, they have a calling, and we're just people. It's, it's like, no, 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 every single one of us, and every single calling is just as important as the next person's, okay? Now, they're all different. They all look different. They feel different, but they're all just as important. And I feel like sometimes, some of us, and I'm, I'm thinking of myself specifically when I say some of us, we get caught up on the same old test month after month, year after year, and it's kind of like, okay, this is a test. Like, I ought to get through it, and it's like, you, you, you don't pass, and it's like, okay, it's all good, and God's not giving up on you. He never will, but he's like, you're, I'm, I'm going to make sure you're ready for what I have next for you. I'm going to make sure that you're ready because, again, I love you way too much to just give it all to you up front. It's a, it's a series of tests. And I'm telling you, on the other side of the test, breakthrough is just on the other side. It's just over the hill. When a test comes in life, look, you don't need to be discouraged. You can actually be encouraged. That's actually, uh, that's actually a good thing. When we are being tested in life, it means that God has something good planned for you. God has something good planned for you. And look, look, this is important to know, though, but he wants to make sure that we are ready for what's next. He wants to make sure that we are ready for, what, uh, for what's next. He loves us way too much just to give us everything at once, okay? He loves us way too much. He wants us to be ready for what's next, for what God's calling us to. And just a little side note, just a little tangent, um, a great calling in life does not always mean a big flashy calling in life, okay? We've got to make sure that's clear. That's got to be important. Sometimes uh, the, the most important things in life are not at all things that anyone else even knows is going on. Sometimes it seems average. Sometimes it's the things that no one else sees. Sometimes it's the things that you don't even realize are important, okay? It's not always on, you know, a, on a big stage and everyone's looking and followers on Instagram, all this junk, you know? It's, it's, that doesn't have to be a great calling. Um, the other day, I was praying, and I really felt like God spoke to my heart. I really felt like uh, God said to me, Michael, yours and Olivia's most important thing that you will ever do in life, it's not starting churches together. It's not selling at venues together. 
It's not preaching a crowd. It's not any of this stuff. Michael, the most important thing that you and Olivia do in life is raising your kids Noah and Selah. That is the most important thing so that they will be ready to love God with all their heart and be used by God and be all that they are meant to be. And here's the thing. I actually really believe that. I actually really believe that, that the number one calling that Olivia and I have, uh, Olivia and I have, the number one thing that we do and accomplish for the kingdom is raise those kids to love Jesus and raise those kids to know that they are loved. And I, I believe them. I believe they're going to go way farther than Olivia and I ever have. And look, and, and I say that to encourage you. Sometimes it's like, yeah, yeah, you got kids. You raise your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if only I could do something great, though. It's like, are you kidding me? What, like, what is greater than that, being, being the primary influence on your kid's life to love God and to do great things in this world? Oh, my goodness, guys. Don't take that lightly. Don't take that lightly. And look, and, 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 and that's just for the parents. And look, for all of us that, that don't have kids or don't have kids yet or whatever, look, you, you, you have a great calling in life. Don't let, you know, the world tell you or define what that looks like, though, okay? That's between you and God. God knows what's great and what has to happen for it to advance and look i'm telling you that great calling he has on your life he's gonna push it forward he's gonna advance it he's gonna use you in it but look he's going to test it first he's going to test it and it's really annoying (laughs) to be honest because like i don't get it god you have this plan for me that's beautiful can i just have that and he's like no because you're not ready for that i'm going to test you where you're at and you're going to take a little little go a little further okay i'm going to test you a little bit there and on and on it goes. And, and the main thing I want to leave you with is this, is God will test us in life because he loves us in life, okay? God will test us in life because he, he, he loves us, okay? And uh, three things, just because I'm taking way too long here. Uh, three things real quick. Um, what do we do when we get tested in life? Number one, you call it what it is. You call it what it is. When hard times come, when testing comes, sometimes we try to sweep it away. We try to get rid of it. Look, we need to change this mindset. We need to be looking for these moments where we're being tested, and we need to call it what it is because there's power in our words, okay, and words have weight. So next time we're going through what we feel may be a test, let's call it that. God, I believe you are testing me. Thank you that you are going to get it through me. If we're talking to someone about struggle or this kind of, oh, this is going on, I don't know, this kind of thing, you know, don't just call it a struggle. Say, call it at what it is. I feel like this is a test. Can you pray that I pass it? Can you pray that I, I, I get through this, okay? It's not just a difficult season all the time. Sometimes it's a test. And look, you're not getting through it just for the sake of getting through it. You're getting through it because of what's on the other side, because God's preparing you for something good, okay? Um, okay, second thing, I challenge you. Um, believe that God allows testing because he loves us. It's always in your interest, okay? He loves you so much. He's got a good call for you, and testing is just a part of that. Third thing, when, God, when the test comes, put God first. It's really easy for us naturally just to want to put ourselves first. Put God first every time. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, in the same way, um, it, the, the key to this of putting God first is, is to remember that God loves us. And in the same way that Abraham showed his love for God by giving up his son, God showed his love for us by giving up his son. And you got to appreciate the, the, the parallels of this story in the, in the story of Jesus. You know, the, the only son who is loved is walking up the mountain with the wood on his back. And that parallels with Jesus walking up the mountain to be crucified with the cross, with the wood on his back. Right? You see the, the, the parallels there. And it's, it's not a coincidence. God's giving a foreshadow of what he's going 
to do. And and that son dying showed Abraham's love. Look, Jesus, God's son dying, showed God's love for us. And, And I just encourage you, if you've never put your faith in God, you can. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. He rose again for you. You can have a relationship with God because he loves you. Oh, he loves you guys. He loves us all so, so much. God tests us in life to help us in life. God tests us in life to help us in life. So look, don't be discouraged when it comes. Be hopeful that something good is on the way. God's with you. He's going to get you through it. And look, I don't know your individual story. I don't know if life is like so sweet right now. You're like, yo, don't, don't talk about this prompted. Life is so good right now. And I don't know if you're just like, afterwards you're going to be like, oh my goodness, this is like, that was for me exactly. Like, oh my goodness. Or we're somewhere in between. I don't know where you're at. But God's with you. He's going to get you through whatever it is that you're going through. And look, one final thought here, okay? One final thought. You are being tested because God thinks highly of you. You are being tested because God thinks highly of you. He believes in you. He believes in the calling that he has put on your life. And look, every single one of us, we can make a difference for God. We can make a difference in this world. We can make this world a better place. We can bring God's kingdom. Amen? So we're going to leave it there this week. Uh, Basically what happens after Abraham is his family grows so large that it becomes the size of a nation. And uh, we're going to talk about how that nation, Israel, affects us today, how it officially became the country of Israel next week. It's going to be really good. And uh, isn't that beautiful how God promised the first week? Oh, by the way, I'm going to send someone to save the day. And then it gets a little more detailed. Oh, by the way, from this family, I'm going to send someone. His name is Jesus. It's just, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. I'm over time by a minute. So let's pray. Let's pray. God, I thank you for everyone here in the room. I thank you that you have a calling on our life. I pray that as times of testing come, that we would be faithful to you, that we would never give up, that we live at our callings in your name, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite Eliza up, uh, just, and uh, we'll take up giving as well. The ushers can come forward. Um, and while that's happening, I just wanted to give you a quick update on the movie night on Friday. If you guys volunteered, we're so grateful. How, what was the total? Do we know how many people? Under a thousand people. That was amazing, you guys. And it was like a tornado that day, if you remember. Um, and on that note, I just wanted to say uh, that that day at the, like two o'clock in the afternoon, when the mini tornado was blowing through Bimbrook, um, I was like, oh my gosh, like this movie night's not gonna happen. Like we're gonna all be in intense rain. And I just started praying, and Betty was praying, and so many people were praying. Um, just asking God, like, you can, you can change the weather. Like, if you can do it, uh, you can do anything. You can change the weather. And, guys, I really believe, like, if you looked at the, the weather forecast that day at, like, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, it was supposed to be pouring rain. Like, it wasn't, the weather didn't, like, the, my app, my trusty app, it never changed. It was always supposed to be raining. So that means that the weather network was either wrong, which we know they're never wrong, or that God did a miracle in Bimbrook on Friday night. And so I just wanted to pr- uh, pray and just thank God for what he is doing um, within Binbrook and within Mountainside. Um, and then we can go.
God, I just want to thank you so much for what you did on Friday night. Um, it felt like such an honor to be able to witness this miracle that you were doing in Binbrook, God, that you just changed the weather, which seems impossible to me. Um, but you did that, God. You are so kind to us. You are so powerful, God. And I just praise you and thank you for what you are doing in Mountainside. I praise you and I thank you for what you are doing in Binbrook. And I thank you that we, you have allowed us and you have partnered with us to even be a tiny part of that, God. I just ask that you would continue to do miracles within our community and within our church, God. We want to continue to see you. And I thank you. I thank you uh, for what you have done. Amen. We will see you guys next week. And hopefully it doesn't rain, but who cares? It's not the movie night. <laughs>
Look, I take it global. I've been more than old papi loco since 808. I like dance on the low, low. It's in my torso. I got fire like some cultures. Get in my ojos. Okay, okay. We don't walk away in my go day. No way am I gonna leave. Oh, no, not today. Do not behave and bird is on the lead. Wait before you speak, though. Think before you eat. How you love a country food more than it's people. Cause I think you hide behind your politics. Yes, I love the kingdom more than I love my nation. Yeah, yes, I love my neighbor more than I love his papers. Okay, okay, Saka, still I do. We thrive, we thrive, we don't, do not, do not die. Coming live from the Citadel, I was made alive in the Dickie Bell. When Washington fell, still hit a Denzel. Love. Till we live well, we gon' play the road real well. Let the light in, I know that you're tired 